on. If you want to sell your company to us, now is the time to do it, Levinson said. As soon as Rosenblatt stepped into Murdoch's spacious, neutral-toned office suite, he wondered whether he should have worn a suit after all. Against the advice of his colleagues, Rosenblatt had decided to wear his usual business uniform of cargo pants, Vans sneakers, and a light blue short-sleeve button-down shirt. Murdoch, with his receding gray hair and rimless glasses, was waiting in a crisp suit. Rosenblatt took a seat offered to him on the beige leather couch, introduced himself, and, in his high-pitched voice, launched into a ten-minute recital of all the reasons why Murdoch should buy his internet company, Intermix Media. On its own, Intermix was not much of a prize. It owned a bunch of websites offering games like bingo and animated fart jokes that users could email to one another. It was barely profitable. It had been sued by New York Attorney General Elliot Spitzer, for distributing spyware inside screensavers, screen cursors, and games. But Intermix also owned a majority stake in a fast-growing website, MySpace.com, which had attracted an impressive 17.7 million visitors the prior month. A consummate salesman, Rosenblatt focused his comments on the potential of adding MySpace's broad audience to complement Rupert Murdoch's already enviable empire of top-flight media companies. Mr. Murdoch, MySpace is the perfect media company, Rosenblatt said. Unlike traditional media companies, MySpace generates free content through its users, generates free traffic by its users inviting their friends, and all you have to do is sell the ads. Gesturing at the four clocks on the wall showing the time in Los Angeles, London, Sydney, and Hong Kong, Rosenblatt said, You have built the most incredible global media company. You have dominated in every area of media, from newspapers to television to film. But on the Internet, you are irrelevant. This deal will not only make you relevant, it will immediately make you as big a player as AOL or Yahoo Online, Rosenblatt said. If you do this deal, I predict you will be on the cover of Wired magazine 12 months from now. Murdoch said softly in his thick Australian accent, I heard you've been asking for $12 a share. That's a significant premium. Intermix's stock was trading that day at $9.96 a share. Rich, you've got a reputation for selling when companies are at full value, Murdoch chided gently. Rosenblatt took a deep breath, but didn't back down. After all, he knew that Murdoch's arch-rival, Viacom, was interested in buying Intermix as well. With all due respect, the company is worth it, he told Murdoch. The price is $12 a share. Murdoch stood up and said, you got it. Can we get it done by Sunday? I never go back on my word, Rosenblatt said, shaking Murdoch's hand. Subject to my public company duties, I'll deliver you the company by Sunday. He was quickly ushered out of the room. Rosenblatt was dazed 
He couldn't believe that Murdoch had agreed to spend nearly $600 million in a 20-minute meeting. There was only one catch. MySpace didn't know it was about to be sold. Chapter 2 Circle of Friends MySpace launched on August 15, 2003, on a blazing, hot, overcast Friday afternoon in Los Angeles. MySpace co-founder Chris DeWolf sat inside his windowless cubbyhole of an office in a building near the Los Angeles International Airport. While the tech guys downstairs were finalizing the computer code for the MySpace website and scanning for bugs in the system, DeWolf was distracted. He was struggling with pesky issues about spyware, software that surreptitiously monitors web surfers' movements and bombards.